Nedarim Daf Sadiq, the last thing we were discussing was a mahloka between Rabbi Natan and Hachamim in regards to if one if if a vow was made but with a condition and the vow didn't start yet, only after the condition, can you annul or not yet? Rabbi Natan said, you cannot annul until it actually takes place. And Hachamim argue and they say it could take place. And the Gemara brought a story with a person who said he's not going to get married until he learns a lot of halachot. And misled him to get married, and this way they could annul his vow once it actually took place, because Rabahabaravuna held that the same way Rabbanan and Rabinatan argue when it comes to annulment, they also argue when it comes to Sha'ila, going to the rabbi and getting a hatarat nedarim. Not just by when the husband does a hafara, but also when the rabbi does a she'ela. And with that, we're going to start Sadi Amud Aleph, five lines in, the towards the end of the line, the last two words, which is Virat Papi Amar. Now we're on the sixth line. Virat Papi Amar, Mahloket Behafara. The Mahloket between Rabinatan Hachamim is only in regards to if the husband could annul once the vow took place or even before it actually took effect. That Rabinatana held that you cannot annul a vow until it actually takes effect. Because the Pasuk says the, the the moon will get embarrassed and hafera hafara annulling and the bana something built. You could only destroy after something is already built, meaning once it took effect. The Rabbanan Savre, Rabbanan hold, Baal Mefer Afalpi Shelohalanid, the husband could annul even though the vow didn't take place yet. Dichtiv Mefer Mashevot Arumim. Hashem nullifies the thoughts of those crafty, meaning even the thoughts, even things that didn't even take effect yet. Aval Besheela, when it comes to asking the rabbi to do Atanadarim Divra call and Hachamatir Klum, Elam Ken Halanid, everyone agrees. That the hacham cannot annul a vow unless it actually took effect. You cannot annul his word. That means the word has to actually take effect. And let's say the following helps Rav Papi. Again, Rav Papi says they only argue about the husband annulling, but hacham it has to take effect. Uh, the following, the Braita says, A person says he will not benefit a certain person and anyone who annuls that vow meaning not only my vowing from him even the, the rabbi that I'll go to to annul that vow also my stuff will be asur on him too and Nishal Allah Rishon, he has to first go to the rabbi, annul that first vow, Vaharkach, and then Nishal Allah Sheni. Then he annuls the second one with the rabbi. Now, Viyamat Nishal, Then, if you say he could annul the vow between him and the rabbi, even though the vow didn't take effect yet, then Iba'ay al Hainichil Beresha, Iba'ay al Hainichil Beresha. He could annul whichever one he feels like first. The one with him and the person, or the one with him and the rabbi, whichever one he wants first. But the Gemara pushes back, no, because in the Braita it said uh, first on the Rishon, then you ask on the Sheni, Miada, Ihai Kama, Ihai Batra. How do you know which one they're talking about? How do you know we were the, the, the Rishon is talking about the person he vowed from, and the Sheni is the Hacham? Maybe the opposite. Maybe you, you could first go to the Rabbi, then you could go to the person. Rather, we're going to bring a different Braita. The Braita says, Konam She'eni Nehene Liploni. I vow I'm not going to have any benefit from this person. 
הרי אני נזיר דרך שאשאל עליו, and if I ever do a hatar nedarim on it, I'll be a nazir at that point. So what happens? Nishal al nidro, ve'achar kach nishal al nizro. Here you have it. You have Brayta says first you have to go and all that vow, and then you have to go and all the nizirut. Now ve'i amat nishal af al pishelo achal neder. And if you tell me you go to the hacham, which means you annul the second one before the first one, even though the the first one didn't take effect yet. Then why does the Braita have to bring it that way? You could really, uh, you could go on all the vow first, or you could go on all the nizirut first. Pick one. It doesn't have to be in any specific order. So the Gemara says, yeah, okay, Rabbi Natani, that the Braita is according to Rabbi Natan, who holds that you can't annul a vow until it actually takes effect. So the Gemara now has a different shita in what Rav Papi said. Rav Papi said before that the machloket between Rabbi Natan and Rabbanan is regarding to hafara, uh, uh, what the husband could do. Uh, when, at what point could he annul? But when it comes to Shelah v'hacham, everyone agrees that you cannot annul until after it takes effect. Amar Abina, Amar Limeremor, Hachi, Amar Abuch Mishemed Rav Papi. So here's a second Rav Papi. Machloket bahafara. The machloket is in uh, between Rabbi Natan Hachamim is in regarding to the uh, annulment of the husband. Aval b'she'ela, but when it comes to the annulment of the rabbi, the rabbi called mefer ve'afapi shelo hal neder. Everyone agrees he can annul the vow even though the annul, the vow didn't even take effect yet. Dichtiv lo yachel debaro. A person cannot go against his word, and the the Gemara explains it. Lememra de lo hava b'maseh, meaning. It's worthless. Whatever he just said is it didn't come into fruition. It didn't take effect. It's nothing. It's just free words. It's nothing. And when we say lo yachel debaro, but other people could forgive him, even though it's just words. The problem is the Gemara asks Metive. We have a bright that says konam sheni nehene leploni ul mishinish alalav. Person vows I'm not going to have any benefit from this person, and and uh, whichever hacham uh, I go to to get the hatran nedarim, I'm going to I'm going to not have any benefit from that rabbi. So nishal al rishon v'hag nishal al asheni. So he does an annulment from the first one, which is from the person, and then he uh, gets an annulment from the rabbi. And the Gemara says again, Amai, why is that? Let him annul the, the vow with the person and then the one with the rabbi. And again, the Gemara says, How do you know which one's which? How do you know which one's the uh, which one's Rishon? Maybe the rabbi is Rishon. Maybe the rabbi is not Shani. So the Gemara brings another Braita. It says, Here, we have another question. A person vows he's not going to benefit uh, from this person, and when he does that, he's going to be a Nazir. It says, and only then, first on the Neder, then on the Nazirut. Now, Ibai, why, why is that? Why it has to be in that order? Ibai al nizro nitzil beresha. Ibai al nizro nitzil beresha. Let him, if he wants to annul this vow first, that nizirut first, whatever he wants, let him do. Rather, you have to say that there's a specific order, and the specific order is the first one you annul first, second one you annul second, and to you of ten. You're right. It's a, this bright is a question on Rabina who said in the name of Rapi that when going to the rabbi, everyone agrees that he could annul it before he can annul his annulment before the actual real vow. And the Ran writes la halacha. Hacham, we hold that Hacham cannot matir another, he cannot annul a vow unless it took effect. However, in a case where the vow will be in 30 days, 
uh, since it's going to happen no matter what, then the hacham could annul. And then he brings it down that some people hold he can't annul in that case because it still didn't take effect. Next Mishnah Barishona, in the beginning, they would say, Three women were, would get divorced based on their own testimony, and they, were, they would get their Ketubah also. Number one is a wife of a Kohen, who says, I'm Tamit, you, meaning someone forced his way with her, and now they cannot uh, go back together. Uh, so we believe her, and the uh, husband, uh, who's a coin, has to get, uh, not only divorce her, but give her a ketubah also. Number two is, Shamaim beni lebencha. If a woman says, Hashem knows what's going on between us, either it means that you you cannot have kids, there's something wrong with the way you're with me, or there's something wrong with you, and only God knows. Or, as some uh, Rishonim like to explain, that you're never with me. And only God knows that. that. There's no way of me proving it. And number three, or a woman who vows that she's not going to have any tashmish with anybody, including her husband. And originally they thought, listen, obviously she's only making this vow because tashmish hurts her. And therefore, just, you know, divorce her, give her a ketubah. Hazrulamarbachamim changed their mind. And we don't believe her in, in these three cases. Why? Why we're worried that the woman is going to, uh, you know, take an attraction to someone else. She's going to, to like him, and she's going to want to marry him. So she makes up one of these three uh, uh, claims that uh, either she's tameh, either shamay bin or nitulamin yudim, and she'll get divorced, and therefore, and uh, she'll be with the other person, and then she'll, uh, she, she won't be able to, to remarry her husband. He's going to not only divorce her, but has to give her a ketubah. So, hachamim uh, changed their mind, and therefore, ha'omere temeani lecha, eshet kohen, who says, I'm tamet to you, bring a proof, and we'll believe you. And that's only if he doesn't believe her. If he believes her, then, okay, then she's asur. And this leads to one of the most uh, famous runs in the Smasachet, where the, the question is, how could we uh, all of a sudden not believe what the Torah said to believe? Meaning, from the Torah, she's Asur. How could Hachamim come and say she's Mutar? And the Ran explains a whole bunch of things. Number one, Hachamim have a power to make a Sayag, a get a fence, to make sure a woman doesn't do any nasty thing like that, that she's going to like someone else, or do something to divorce her husband to go there. Another thing is, Hachamim had the power to be mafkia, to annul her marriage from the beginning. And we could say that, uh, okay, by the time the honest happened, you were a penuya, we knocked out the entire marriage, and you, you were with uh, this person, be honest, but you were a penuya, you were, you were single. And now you can get remarried to your old husband. That's another way to explain it. Num- answer number three that Ron explains is a little bit more complicated. That Eshet Kohen was Ne'enas, she's Asur because she is now considered a halachic zona. And that only uh, that only happens if the husband believes her. If he doesn't believe her and he doesn't have to believe her, then she is not Asur in that sense. But the last explanation of the Ran is the most fascinating, is, no, Lechorah, she's never believed. Hachamim originally made a takana to believe her, then Hachamim took away that takana of believing her. 
Very interesting sugya between the Rishonim, very kedai to look into. Next, uh, if there's a case of Hashemayim beni lebencha, either you can't have children or you're never with me, Yasu derech bakasha, they should uh, do shalom bayit, try to be nice to them. There's obviously something wrong in between them, and maybe they make a party or do something to, to make peace in between them and uh, let them be together. If a woman vows she's not going to be with uh, any Jew, then he could annul his part, she could be with him, and she could be asur to the rest of the Jews. Now, the Gemara starts, the question is, if a woman, a wife of a Kohen, she's told her husband, I'm Tamitiyu, meaning someone who is with me by force, According to the Mishnah Horna, where we don't believe her, could she eat teruma or not? Meaning, do we not believe her just uh, for the fact that uh, divorcing her and uh, giving her ketubah, we don't believe her? Or do we not believe her all the way and uh, she could even continue eating teruma? So Rav Sheshat Amar, she has to eat teruma. So people don't say uh, bad things about her children. She'll have children after this. People are going to say they're not really Kohanim, they're Halalim, and, and people talk about it. Continue eating Teruma regular. She should not eat uh, Teruma because if she could eat Hulin, and people say the only reason she's not eating Teruma is because she doesn't have Teruma to eat. Uh, so people don't know the difference. And Amar Rabbah says, Even if she agrees, once. She gets widowed, it means her husband's not alive anymore, that she can't eat anymore. Because the whole reason was, because we're worried about the future children, people are going to call them halalim, uh, not kosher kohanim. Therefore, if she got widowed, divorced, uh, we don't have to worry about the children anymore. They'll just say, uh, now she, she, someone was with her by force, and only now she became pasul, and uh, people won't make fun of her children. And Amarav Papa, Amarav Papa said, Badik Lan Rabah, Rabah asked us a question, he was testing us. Eshet Kohen Shinin Sa Yeshlak Tuba or Enlak Tuba. Wife of a Kohen who was forced by another person to be with her, does she, when she gets divorced, does she get a Ktuba or not? And he explained this question. Rabbi explained this question. Do we say when uh, the wife of a Kohen is with another person, even if it's by force, uh, she didn't want it, It's uh, it would be the same thing as a wife of Israel uh, being with another man even by wanting it. And therefore, it would be en la We'll say they're asur to each other, and therefore no ktuba. Asur is asur. Or maybe, listen, she could tell him, Ana hazina. I'm right now, I'm, I'm befitting to you, meaning I'm a good girl. I didn't do anything wrong. And it's your fault. You're a Kohen. You married me. You know this could happen. And it's your fault. And therefore, I should get my ktuba. Meaning it's your luck. And uh, we'll stop in the middle of the story, and we'll continue with uh, the, the Rav Papa's answer uh, tomorrow. Baruch Hashem le'olam, amen ve'amen.